Welcome to Kuden, the radio show and podcast for self-defense and martial arts news, interviews, techniques, and history. Hosted by Sheehan Jeffrey Miller and Shidoshi Eric White. Sheehan Miller is a 13th degree black belt and master instructor of Warrior Concepts International in Sunbury, Pennsylvania. Shidoshi Miller's martial arts career spans over 30 years and has taken him around the world to train with some of the world's best martial arts masters. Shidoshi Eric White has been a student of Sheehan Miller's for over a decade. Together, they will answer your questions, discuss techniques, history, and current issues important to you, the self-defense-minded citizen and the practicing martial artist. Submit your questions by email to warriorc at warrior-concepts-online.com. Hello there. Welcome to Kuden. Great to have you with us. I'm Eric White with Jeffrey Miller, and uh, it's a crazy Friday, but we're here, and uh, we've got some great topics to get to. I know you just hit me up with like one, two, three. You had a you had a bunch of good ones here that uh, you <laughs> wow, want to get into. Uh, you got anything better to talk about than this? Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, what, let me bring up my uh, Gmail thing because that's uh, where some of my some of my topic material is. My computer just re uh, uh, did updates and all that wonderful stuff. So, anyway, yeah, cool. Uh, another week, right? We're in episode forty-two. That's cool. Right. So yeah. If you're joining us live, fantastic. And if not, uh, okay. You have a busy life just like me. We and just yeah, and, and Eric you just keep... Eric, Eric losing. Yeah, Eric I pretend I'm busy. <laughs> But yeah. you just keep okay. finding ways to make yourself busier. Uh, I know you've been working on kind of this strategies and tactics TV, and and uh, you know we were also talking a little bit about you know potentially some Facebook Live stuff you may do uh, to let people yeah. ask some questions in a different format. So uh, you just keep making yourself more busy. Well, my thing is, you know, uh, I, and I know there's lots of folks that are out there that, you know, they want nothing but free content because they think they can master stuff. So they want people like me to go to Japan and spend, what, four or five grand on a trip and, you know, $35 a class um, and just bring it all back and just, you know, give it away just because. But uh, them aside, because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're always going to be, you know, trolling around and they're always going to stay in information gathering mode. Uh, very few of them do a whole lot with their with their training. And if I'm pushing your hot buttons, then uh, I'm just holding up a mirror, okay? So uh, that's part of my job as well. Not you, Eric. Um, and if okay. you're not training, then shame on you. Half. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, you know, for those who know me, I mean, I, this, this, I'm constantly putting out, um, you know, valuable content, free stuff and, and all that, right? So, I mean, if they decide they want more and they want to jump onto my, one of my programs, great. You're going to get even more. Uh, but, you know, I have, what, well over 500, 600 articles that are floating around the Internet on everything from workplace violence to media to, to women's self-defense to personal development stuff or whatever. So that's all out there, right? And, um, I mean, I have how many Facebook pages and private groups and whatnot that uh, people can interact and, and share information and, and things like that. So, yeah, and I'm, you know, anytime something new comes along that maybe I can get more information to people. And uh, actually, the Facebook Live thing was your idea, so thanks. Uh, <laughs> I've tried it in the past, uh, and what we've done is done little highlight, spotlight kind of moments during uh, weekend seminars. So we're not wired up, and I don't have a, a good enough uh, Internet connection here that uh, I could do that for an entire seminar, which – might be cool, right? Um, but at the moment, you know, we do little spotlights and stuff like that. But, yeah, I, I think that uh, 
doing something where, I don't know, once a week or twice a month or something like that, I do a Facebook Live thing, and uh, people can just ask questions that way as well. And then I can just answer it live because, as you said, and I don't keep up with all this technology. There's too much. I mean, between Pinterest and Instagram and whatever, I mean, there's another rabbit hole I could fall down in, right? Focusing <laughs> yeah. on too many things. Yeah. But um, that would be another thing where uh, I guess, we, you, well, you just told me that uh, once it goes, uh, once I go live, Facebook notifies all my connections that I've gone That's live right. and then they can jump on and they can interact that way and then it saves as a, as a video afterwards. So it's kind of like this. So even if you, you know, even if you miss it, um, but it would be another con, uh, contextual thing. Now, if I did that, um, I would split up, split things up and, and do different topics because uh, you know I, I have clients that are interested in the workplace violence corporate kind of thing that are very very different um, in what they need from the folks that want to get really really good at budo taijutsu from the folks yeah. who want to get decent or you know really really good and dive down the down the rabbit hole called ninpo or ninjutsu in, in its full context right so I could split that that stuff up well or um, as well so maybe a once a month thing on each of those topics and I had four topics I'd be on once a week or you know whatever so yeah and then what else am I doing oh yeah strategies and tactics TV which is where the <laughs> frustration came in when I was talking to you before we went live here um and trying to redo the videos that, uh, uh, thanks to you and some other people that gave me some honest feedback uh, and didn't tell me whatever I wanted to hear. Oh, it looks good, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Aren't those Don't people the best? It's no, awesome. No, not for those of us who actually want to be good. No, Right, I, you know, right, and I mean, it almost comes that. off later as like, I don't know, I've run into that too, or you almost feel like a little insulted, like, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me that thing was on my face? You know, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were my friend. Yeah, you know, like when I go to Japan, and you've been there, right? You look around, and people are just like making sure Soke's watching, or whoever the Shihan for the class is, it's watching, and you know they can't wait to be validated, or you know when I, I go to collect no's, I go to fill up a notebook of mistakes, not just new stuff, but mistakes, because that's how we fix things. That's how we get better. Right, you don't get any better yeah. if somebody is always telling you that you're great, it's all, you're perfect, right? So, I mean, you have no reason to change, right? So, but ego runs away from stuff like that. Mm. Um, I say embrace it, right? Collect the nose, but then make sure you're also taking action and working on it. Funny story with the whole, uh, you know, people always tell you, you know, what you want to hear, and then later you find out that they were lying to you. Um, right. Last year, two years ago, my wife and I uh, had the house repainted. Now, it's this old Victorian house. It's a big thing, right? And okay. uh, it's brick, but it, it has some, you know, wood and, uh, you know, the eaves has special designs and all that kind of cool stuff. Yeah. So what we decided, I mean, we, we saw a house that was similar to, to ours, and, and, and we were, I don't know where we were, but we saw this paint scheme, and we are like, oh, that's really cool, right? And the, what they did was they did it in black, you know, not the, not the brick. They left the brick red, but they did it mm. in black with gold trim. Oh, and cool. we just thought it looked classy as all get out, right? Yeah. There's no other houses around our place that are, you know, that are painted like that. So, you know, we'd go to little backyard barbecues and meet up with neighbors or whatever. And, oh, hey, we see some, you know, maybe have some painters over. What are you, what are you looking at doing? And, you know, so, you know, my wife's explaining, right? We're going to do it up in black. We're going to have this gold trim and everything. What do you think? And they're like, oh, yeah, that'll look nice. 
right? <laughs> then after it's all done, right, we go to a backyard barbecue, and people are like, oh, my God. When you first told me it was going to be black with gold trim, I was thinking, oh, my God. I, man, it looks great. <laughs> I could just headbutt those people in the face. You right. know what I mean? Not that we yeah. would change the paint scheme. Because if you listen to people like that based on their initial impression without ever having seen it, they could talk you out of something really cool. So yeah, where my sure. wife would have been more inclined to lean in the direction of, mm, maybe we shouldn't do that. I'm like, ah, I'm, not, I'm, not changing, I'm not changing my mind until I see what it looks like. Yeah. Right? So, um, you know, I mean, once they get started and I see what it's going to look like against the brick and all that, then maybe. But uh, no. So anyway, so it, absolutely. Half the freaking neighborhood was like, Oh man, when you first told us that, oh my god, man, it looks awesome. I'm thinking about having my, you know, <coughs> my wife's looking at these people, and now she's very outspoken. She's looking at him like, yeah. well, "Why did you tell me that when I told you to begin with? Well, <laughs> right. I don't want to hurt your feelings or nothing, you know? <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> anyway, so be careful. Be keep. This is for everybody, right? Be careful when people are just telling you everything that you want to hear. Because if yeah. you were if you were as perfect as they're making you sound, you wouldn't have any problems in your life. You'd be glowing, right? Your bank bank account would be stuffed. You wouldn't have any problems with your kids, with your job or your career. Nothing like that, right? So, um, and, and besides that, if you're asking questions because you're looking to improve, and somebody says, "Yeah, whatever you're doing is fine. It's good," kind of like in Japan, right? That's actually a test, right? To see if you'll stop, to see if you'll slow down, to see if you'll rest on your laurels. I mean, it's part of the training, mm. right? Yeah. So, um, but when people tell you that, right? I mean, if they tell you what you wanted to hear, um, I guess it depends on the quality of the person. Because mm. all the mentors that I work with, if they tell me yes, I have to stop and think. Um, is that is that really what he means? Or mm-hmm. What I need to do is reframe it and tell them what I'm going to do with it or, you know, act it out or whatever. Because uh, often they'll, they'll tell me that I'm doing, you know, that, that's good. And then, you know, I go and try it out. And, hmm, four, four out of five times, it's not working. And the fifth time I knew was luck. So hmm, hmm. now I get to go back and ask again. But more often than not, if I throw out something that's just wrong, you know, luckily, mm-hmm. I surrounded, well, not luckily, I did it on purpose. I surround myself with, with mentors that will look at me and go, eh, no, okay? Uh-huh. Here's what I want you to do, you know? So, anyway. But, uh, yeah, so do I keep myself busy? Yes. But then my wife's really, really busy, too, so, you know, it's not like either of us is missing out on the other person. So, oh, that's good. <laughs> it's all good. I'll rest that's on a good dead. balance. No? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. So well, I uh, <laughs> I know um, you, you kind of sent me some of these topics, and the first one really caught my eye uh, as you're talking about uh, a ninja motivation and influence course, and you know talking about a way to motivate and influence people, and I immediately think of you know how how you know everything kind of comes about with with intent that some people might hear that and go. Uh, motivate and influence somebody. What, what, well, that sounds really sinister. You want to get them to do things. And then, you know, as you think about it from another direction, well, no, the intention would be helping people to reach uh, where they're trying to get to. Uh, so, I mean, there's so many aspects to this, but uh, one of the things I started thinking about was, hmm, you know, what's the perception of something like that when people go ninja, ninja influence and motivation? Is it clouded to some folks or uh, what's your thought on that? 
my thought was I named it that so it would perk up people's ears and those who were actually open enough to learn something would ask, what do you mean by that? Right. So if you name something that's – if you, if I name programs like everybody else names programs, then my programs sound like I'm doing the same thing everybody else is. Okay? And who needs another Bujinkan instructor? Mm-hmm. Seriously. I mean, you know, it's like a commodity. It's like buying milk. Who cares what the brand name is? We go to the milk yeah. section. We're looking for whole, 2%, or skim, or the lactate stuff or whatever, or almond, or whatever. Does it matter what the brand name is? Ah, maybe, just to a very small percentage of people. Yeah. Right? But And that's why people run around and they jump from from one ninjutsu page to another, and they're posting all day long, or they, they're, they're running around YouTube trying to collect videos. Just I mean, mm. if something has the word ninja on it, right, and that's what they're into, then, you know, it's good enough for them, right? They, there's right. no discernment there, right? So it needs to be intriguing. It needs to get attention. And this is right off of our mandala, right? You know that. I mean, this, mm-hmm. these symbols on the mandala that actually relate to uh, uh, elephant herding way, way back in India that had to do with, uh, you know, like an elephant getting away from uh, from the camp, right, or from the village or whatever, um, because they were the beast of burden way back in, in ancient India and still are in some places. But, uh, you know, what if one got away, right, how do you get them back, right? How do you, you know, how do you, you know, do that, right? So there's this whole thing on there. So uh, as an example today, uh, let's let's approach it from the perspective of, Something that's not nefarious, right? It's not, um, it's not, you know, I'm trying to manipulate or, or deceive somebody or whatever, okay? Mm-hmm. But I think most people can relate to this, right? I'm trying to get somebody that I'm talking to interested in my training group, and I'm trying to get them to come and train with me. Because how many times have you talked to people about what you do, and they say, oh, man, I'm really interested in that, and then it doesn't go any farther than that. Mm-hmm. Right? They're just, they're interested, right? Well, that's interesting. Well, I guess we'll let that phone ring. So, <laughs> can't do anything about the office phones. So, uh, people, that'll, they'll leave a message. And it's probably a sales call anyway. Okay. Whoops. Uh, so, uh, let's, so let's, let's take a look at that, right? And see, here's the big, let's talk about the problem first. And the problem isn't that you can't get people into your training group. The problem is probably that you're not talking or you're not, approaching it from the direction that will motivate them, okay? Right. Most people come from, when they try to motivate people, what they try to do is motivate people using the same tactics or the same uh, rewards or threat of punishment or whatever that would motivate them, okay? So they're doing this thing in psychology called transference, right? So they're Mm. going to talk to the other person as though they were talking to themselves, they're going to try to motivate the other person as the, you know, with the same kind of things that would motivate them, all right? So the big aha here, and we, and we go into this a lot in that Ninja Motivation and Influence course, which is, it, it was live when we did it, what, two years ago, something like that? And uh, yeah. now it's, 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 a, it's just an online course, right? You can just do this thing. Do it at 2 a.m. for, you know, when everybody else is sleeping, uh, if that's what fits your schedule. So anyway, um, the, the, the one technique pulled from there is to speak the other person's listen, hmm. okay? And the way to do that is to stop talking so damn much, right? And I'm one to speak, right? I'm one to talk. <laughs> um, but it's when you talk, 
ask more questions than you just throw out information. Okay, so you know if somebody says, "Hey, you do that, you do the martial arts or whatever," um, you know, so what's that all about, right? Um, I wouldn't answer with a, "Hey, well, this is it, and it's 2,000 years old, or over 900 years old, and our grandmaster is so and so, and it, he lives in Notoshi, Japan," and and, well, and you start throwing out all this Japanese terminology and whatever, and they're like, oh, great, great, that house is going to look wonderful. You know, <laughs> it's the same thing, right? <laughs> but you lost them, right? Yeah. Or yeah. you do what some friends of mine do, and you tell them the story about how you got involved and what really did it for you, and doesn't that sound awesome? And <clears throat> But how many people... Are you know we're looking for the same thing you were looking for when you got involved, and it's a crapshoot, right? If there's even a target at all, right? So um, what we want to do is is ask questions, right? So the first question I ask is, oh, are you interested in martial arts, or, or is this for somebody else, right? I, I need to know if they're asking me just because it's curiosity, right, or if they're interested in taking martial arts, because they may have been mm -hmm. in a conversation with people at work and then remembered that I did this, and then, you know, that's just a lead-in. Hey, don't you do martial arts? That was just a lead-in to to let me know that, oh, I, you know, oh yeah, I just I, I was talking to some people at work the other day, and I told them I knew somebody that did martial arts, and I was pretty sure that, you know, so that's not going to go anywhere, right? They're not interested in training in martial arts. They're just validating something they told other people and didn't want to feel stupid if they found out they were wrong, right? So it's completely different, right? So, yeah, you know, so let's, let's say they are interested in martial arts. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I am. Yeah, I, I've been thinking about it for a while. Okay, great. So what is it that you would like to get out of martial arts program? I mean, when you think about martial arts, what does it for you? Uh, you know, what, 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 would you, what, do you, what do you want it to – what do you want to get out of it, right? And then let them talk. Let them tell you about it, Okay. Right? If they if they keep the answer short, well, you know, I heard it can make you confident and uh, more disciplined. It can help you manage your anger. It can, you know, I'd like to defend myself, you know, whatever. It'll do that, right? Well, well let's go back to the first thing you said, right? Confidence. I mean, um, you seem like a pretty confident guy to me. Um, how does how does that how does lack of confidence show up in your life, and how do you think martial arts will fix that? Right, because then hmm. when they when they start describing things, then you can validate that or say, well, maybe it'll do that. Um, maybe you should just, you know, um, take up public speaking or I don't know, you know, come up with something else, right? Um, yeah. But uh, so, and, and here's the big thing, right? When you speak, someone's listen. Okay. Now, here's the thing: when, when somebody gets involved, and you know this because you were trained in one of our instructor training programs, when somebody gets involved in the training, are they going to be exposed to all of the lessons? Yes, right? Um, mm -hmm. Do they have access to and can they develop all of the benefits? Yes, right? But when they're first starting out, what do they care about? Whatever it is that they care about, whatever it is that they want to get out of it at that moment. Because I can tell you, and I'm sure you're the same way, over the years, the answer to what I want to get out of martial arts training has changed several times, mm. right? Because I ended up, getting certain things and then I just I wanted something else because if I ever ran out of reasons to study martial arts or a burning need to get some problem area or some reward or some benefit or whatever out of martial arts I would like lots of people 
have either quit or, quote, unquote, put my martial arts training on hold. I've got to get back to that. i got to get back to that. No, you don't. Not until you have a burning desire or a problem that's so freaking big that if you don't get back to it, you're going to be, you know, one must up individual. Those are motivational yeah. things, right? Right. But when somebody starts asking about it, I want to know what their motivation is. What do they want to get out of it? And then that's all I'm going to talk about. That's it. Okay. That's, I'm going to stay in that realm because if I don't, if I don't speak their listen, I'm not talking to them. I'm talking yeah. at them, but I'm not talking to them. Right. And this works in, this works in business. It works in relationships. It works. Ask more questions then you just spill your guts about you or whatever you want to talk about, right? So um, because if you're a group leader or you're an instructor or you're a guide or you're really trying to help the other person, you need to know where they are in their head about the subject and where they want to go, and then you can paint a picture about what the roadmap should look like, okay? So I know that was a short and quick kind of thing, but what do you think? <laughs> what do you think, Eric? Well, no, I, I I love that you you know that little bit there about speak there listen and um you know that that kind of as you mentioned you know I remember going through that instructor training program that you know everybody kind of brings something with them when they come in of of what they want or their expectation uh, to get out of hmm. it whether it's you know they think they're going to get into the class and and you know be able to shout and things are going to be really energetic versus others who, you know, come to it and expect they're going to find, you know, a bit more of, as you mentioned, confidence or uh, some of the more, you know, character trait development. And, and it was just interesting to see how, um, as you would say, that, that those little early conversations kind of really can pinpoint. Somebody's telling you exactly what they're, even if they don't even realize it, what they're they're looking to get out of it. Absolutely. Uh, and it's yeah, easy it, it, to just railroad somebody with just dumping so much info on them. Um, you know, I remember early on, too, that was easy to do as I, I would be excited about, oh, this is what I'm doing, and I just, blah, 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 and it all comes out. Uh, and to somebody <laughs> not looking to get it, they're like, whoa, here comes the avalanche of stuff I didn't want, you know. <laughs> right, right. Well, if, if you're speaking to listen and you stay on topic for what it is that they want to get out of the, the program, then what you're telling them without using these words, without sounding like a salesman, is we have exactly what you're looking for. If you're talking about something that's completely disconnected from what would motivate them, from what they're interested in, what you're yeah. saying without using the words is, we don't have what you're looking for. These are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> okay. So now in the Ninja Motivation and Influence Program, that's like super top-level paint, clear coat, surface kind of thing, right? Um, because that doesn't address resistance, Okay. Anybody that has kids or, uh, or is in a relationship or has ever been in business or had coworkers or has been in a management position or anything like that, and you've needed to motivate or get somebody to do something that you wanted done or needed to be done, yes, you are manipulating and controlling that person because you're in charge, okay? Mm -hmm. And they're not doing what should be done, cleaning their room, fulfilling deadlines, whatever it is, right? So we do have other things for that, and so and, and often we have to get over our own programming. And interestingly, when we did that program live, over sixty percent was it over seventy percent of the people who were in that program live actually enrolled in the program to use the techniques on themselves. 
not to manipulate a spouse, not to manipulate anybody else. Hmm. It's primarily to use it on themselves to get themselves more motivated and to influence their own decision-making to get out of their own pre-programmed rut, right? Now, is that interesting or what? Yeah. Okay. But, that's the kind of, that, but that's the kind of students I, I attract, right? Not the people that just want me to, like, give them whatever, right? So, um, but one, one, just to give you a, a quick thing, I mean, it was, a, it was like a six-phase kind of thing because I like breaking things down into formulas. So it's easy. You just go through this thing, right? And then we gave them a shortcut at the end if you don't have a lot of time to, to deal with somebody and, you, you, you know, you've got to make it happen very, very quickly. Um, we gave them a shortcut. But uh, the first part of the process was obviously listening, right? But when we, when we spoke, and again, we're talking about somebody who um, is resisting, right? Yeah. Uh, or is resistant, right? We changed the structure of the wording, okay? So this required a little bit more thinking about how we communicate, all right? Instead of just throwing things out there because, well, this is the way I talk. Well, the way you talk isn't working, so speak a different way, right? Mm. Uh, and again, that's hard for people to hear because, you know, ego thinks that it's, it's it, and I say it the way I say it, and I'm very clear. It's not my fault they don't understand. Yes, it is. It is absolutely your fault if they don't understand. You're trying to communicate a message. If they don't understand it, and there's nothing broken about the receiver, you're not talking to somebody who's mentally handicapped, incapacitated, half unconscious, or whatever, um, has, you know, has a lower IQ, and we can say, well, they weren't just so dumb, they'd understand. Uh, yeah, mm. no. Okay? If they're using bigger words than you are, then no. Okay, um, but we are at least fifty percent, if not more, responsible for the communication. Okay, yeah. so, so even if you just stop every once in a while, like I do, and say, "Does that make sense? Do you understand? Okay, is it, do you have any questions about what I just covered?" I do that all the time, right? I do it in all the classes. Okay, because I want to make sure it's registering, and if it isn't, I'll come at it from a different perspective, uh, different perspective, a different approach, uh, different wording. So what we're doing with the wording is when most people try to motivate or influence or control other people, right, um, they try to convince the other person to see it their way, right, mm. okay? You know, can you see the benefit here? If you, do it, if you do this, 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 and this, and this, you'll get this. Doesn't that make sense? I mean, you know, why would you not want to do that, yeah. right? Um, you know, so... Uh, you know, somebody wants their kid to clean up their room. I mean, come on, dude, you know, if you don't clean up your room, right, you're going to get punished three ways from Sunday. I mean, do you want that to happen? I mean, nobody in the right mind would want that to happen, okay? That's the normal approach, right? How about trying something like um, either making it smaller, I, I, I'm not going to go into the whole program, but uh, you could make the, you could chunk things smaller, okay? So let's say, um Let's say uh, I'm with someone, I'm in a relationship or have a friend or whatever who really does need to go to the doctor, right? They, they've been putting off a, an appointment for a long time, right? So the first part with listening is trying to figure out why they're stalling, right? I mean, when you're talking to them, instead of trying to push them into it, asking them, like, you know, what, why, why won't you just make the appointment, right? And then you're going to get to the, you know, uh, things like fear, right? I'm afraid it's going to hurt. I'm afraid he's going to mm. tell me something I don't want to hear. You know, whatever, yeah. right? You're going to get to the real reason, okay? But if you can't get to the real reason, then the other thing that you can do is chunk it down a little bit smaller, okay? 
and you can you can change the wording a little bit and use the why wouldn't you want to formula. So um, why wouldn't you just want to look up the phone number and then just put it someplace handy so when you made the decision to make the call, the, the number would be right there. I mean, that's simple, right? Okay. So instead of saying, you know, make the appointment, make the appointment, make the appointment, you could take them one step closer to the appointment. And what you find is that when somebody takes that first step, within a very short amount of time afterwards, they will make the full step or at least the next step hmm. because ego has already moved in the right direction based on its own decision-making, right? So now why not just make it, right? Um, so I would say um, – you know, uh, I mean, what's the harm and why, why would you not want to? So instead of saying, why don't you, right, why mm. would you not want to just, I don't know, look up the phone number and then just jot it down and then put it by the phone, right, or put it in your phone or whatever, right, so that when you decided to do it, um, you could just, it's right there. You don't even have to bother looking it up. Oh, okay. Well, maybe. Okay. So um, what you're actually doing is instead of pushing with what you want them to do, which is how people typically motivate, instead of pushing with the way you want them to go, which when human beings are pushed, we do what? We push, push back. back. Right? Which is why in Nijitsu, it's counterintuitive when they push and we drift with it because they mm. expect resistance. We human beings are wired to resist pressure, and then we expect other people to resist, right? So when somebody pushes on us, we drift with it, and they weren't expecting that at all. They were expecting resistance, right? So it's always this counterintuitive thing. So instead of them negating the pressure you're putting on them, what they're going to have a tendency to do is negate whatever you do. So just say the opposite, okay? Just why would you not want to? Um, why would you not want to do this thing here, right? Or um, what um, what's the downside of uh, doing this thing, right? So they have to come up with the answer. It's not a simple yes or no kind of thing, right? Um, I, I use this in an extreme on people who are uh, oppositional, that, that have oppositional personality disorders. You know what that is? Mm. No matter what you say, they always say the opposite. Right. You know, <laughs> have you ever dealt with people like that? A uh, time or two. Yeah. So it's really frustrating, right? No matter what you say, no matter how good the idea was or whatever, you know, you could say, you know, the earth is round, and they could say, well, not necessarily, right? right. Uh, just, yes. you know, th th everything is always the opposite, right? So mm -hmm. I lead off all conversations with an oppositional uh, personality by saying, you're probably gonna, you're going to like this, but, and then I'll say what I want them to do. So instead mm -hmm. of countering the thing I want them to do, they will counter the you're probably not going to like this. <laughs> yeah. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. It works 99.9% .9 of the time. Okay. Even for those people <laughs> no, right now are listening. Yeah, even for those people listening right now going, no, it doesn't. <laughs> well, it works for me 99.9% .9 of the time. If it doesn't work for you, you need to approach it differently. Right? <laughs> or you're using that tactic on the wrong personality type, which means you're not listening, you're talking too much. Okay. And that includes when you think you're listening, but really you're thinking about what you want to say when they shut up. Nah. That's not listening. Mm -hmm. That's not listening. Right? 
So anyway, so the big thing is speaking to listen, right? And you, you just have to listen more, right? So yeah. I, I ask yeah. a lot of questions, right? I, mm-hmm. I, I ask a lot of questions. So that's my that's my tip. That's cool. Very somebody. cool. Well, and we, we kind of go from motivation now into dissuasion. Dissuasion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> great. We've got you yeah. motivated. Now we're going to dissuade you from doing something. That's right. Um, but you kind of put this under the under the light of, uh, you know, talking about your, your eight phases and this being phase five as a way to postpone kind of physical engagement, be it a home invasion, car theft, something along those lines. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how do we now switch gears to dissuasion? Well, I don't know. How would you dissuade somebody before uh, things got physical? Uh, I tend to use a, I don't know, I'd call it diplomatic approach. I try to be very, uh, I guess, ingratiating to people so that I don't I don't get to that point. Or, uh, you know, I guess I've never found myself in a situation, but if I had to describe or come up with a scenario, um, you know, I, I think I've kind of gotten this from you. If you find yourself like in a in a bar kind of thing, and somebody's getting heated, maybe it's not even having anything to do do with you. Just maybe engaging that person. Hey, you know, can I buy you a drink? Or uh, let's you know, trying to kind of really ingratiate yourself to somebody um, to not be perceived as a threat. Hmm. <clears throat> so um, yeah, so you can you could say things. You could present yourself a certain way, right? Um, and then hope that they're not armed, right? Or they mm-hmm. don't have five buddies at the bar, and they're the bait to lure you into something uh, where they kick the crap out of you, okay? So, I mean, right. that's, that's one of the reasons why we put all those phases, the two de-escalation phases, distraction and dissuasion, before physical encounter. I mean, unless the person mm-hmm. just surprises you and they're just on you, um, why would you not? See, here's ninja motivation and influence. Why would you not want to do everything possible to not get to phase six and possibly end up in jail or in a grave? if things mm-hmm. go south, that you possibly could, right? Unless you just have, sure. I don't know, low self-esteem or you have such a uh, such a, a freaking attitude that you just need to beat everybody else into the ground, which already both of them presupposes that you need psychiatric help. Um, so, but, you know, why would you not want to just do everything you can? Because, remember, we're not teaching fight training. We This thing may turn into something like that, but it's for survival, right? We're not teaching that. We're teaching self-protection. We're teaching survival. We're teaching how to, you know, live our lives so that we don't have to run into that kind of thing um, unless we're trying to protect somebody else or whatever, right? So that's fine when, you know, they're in our sphere, but what if we're in our home, right? Mm. And, you know, it's 2 a.m. and we hear the doorknob rattling or whatever, right? The kids were asleep in their beds, not in my bedroom, spread out around the house, right? My wife's asleep, right? Uh, whatever, right? How do, I, how do I deal with this person in a way, right, that I don't end up dying and then they're a, this attacker or multiple attackers win anyway, right? Or maybe they're breaking into my home or whatever. Now, some people would just rush straight for the door. Some people would just rush straight out into the street, you know, get out of my car, whatever. But then... You know, it's easy for knives and guns to come out, and then next thing you know, you're laying there leaking, right? Yeah. So let's look at this dissuasion kind of thing, right? And I can't take credit for this. I saw this somewhere along the way, and I thought, that is freaking brilliant, right? And so um, before I tell you the answer, uh, I'm going to kind of allude to the answer, and I'll ask you, Eric, because you're the one that's on, right? When you go to bed at night, where Mm -hmm. are your car keys? 
Where are you from? Uh, they're by my bed. There you go. Why are they by your bed? Because that's just where you I, drop them? That's, that's, that's my offload point for anything critical that needs to go into my pocket quickly. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right. Fair out of my bed, stuff well, in the pocket, time out the door. Yeah. Okay, well, mine are at my bed, uh, beside my bed and all that, because uh, my key fob is on there. Uh-huh. You know, the thing that unlocks and locks the doors? Yep. What else is on a key fob? Uh, well, there typically is like a panic alarm or uh, yeah. and some, yeah. uh, like an auto start feature. Yeah. Yeah. So the panic alarm button, right? So you hear somebody breaking into your car, you hear somebody breaking into your house, set off the alarm. Yeah. That creates now a lot of attention on the street. People start looking. It disorients that person, right? And who wants attention when you're trying to break into a house, right? If they wanted attention, mm-hmm. they would have marched in with a band, right? So, uh, or they would come in guns blazing. And if you live in an area where there's lots of drive-bys, may I suggest your, your self-protection tactic should be move. Right? But anyway, hmm. right? and I know, I know, I can't. I can't afford it. I can't, uh, well, I don't know. Okay. Maybe not, but I can't afford to be ventilated like that either. So, uh, hmm. but anyway, um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I keep mine next to my bed, not just because that's where I unloaded things. Um, it's wintertime now here, so my keys are in my coat pocket when I get out of my car to go into the house. But then they come back out, and they go upstairs with me. Right? That way, if I hear something outside, it doesn't have to be my car. It doesn't have to be my house. I could hear, you know, thugs on the street or whatever. Not thugs because I don't live in an area like that, but, you know, rowdy kids or whatever, right? Um, it's amazing how quickly – the cockroaches disperse when mm. there's an alarm that goes off, right? Yeah. So that's dissuasion tactics as well. And I didn't have to go running into the bear's den, right, to defend my property, hoping that they couldn't just shoot me from across the yard or, you know, in the living room or, or whatever, right? I need to be able to assess things a whole lot better. Now, if I've set off an alarm and they're still coming in, they want something from me, from one of my, or they want me or somebody else that's in my house. Mm-hmm. Okay? This isn't just an easy opportunity anymore. This is somebody who's really determined. And this gives me one more thing later on when I'm, mm-hmm. when I'm defending myself in what we call the third battle, right, against yeah. the legal system, when you can say, look, first thing I did was set off the panic alarm. My, you know, as a matter of fact, my car is still going off, right, um, because mm-hmm. I tried to scare them so they'd go away and they still came into my house, right? Then I did this, this, and this while in the house. So it's just one of those things where, you know, I keep it right by the bed. Um, sometimes it's midnight or 1 a.m., and for whatever reason, and I live in a quiet neighborhood, you know, um, uh, the kids from, you know, a couple of blocks down are passing through and just being really loud, or the drunks, or who, know, who knows where. I mean, and I, I don't live close to that area, but close enough that they could wander off the beaten path or decide they're not driving home, they'll walk home, and then they're just being loud, right? Um, I've set mm-hmm. off my car alarm once or twice, and it's amazing how they, like, freak out and wonder what's going on. And most of them <laughs> will take off because, I don't know, maybe they're, they've got something to hide, but um, they don't want to be around, like when the cops show up, because they're hanging out in the street corner drunk. Or they're, hmm. who knows, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, as much as they were being loud and getting attention, they don't want that kind of attention. So 
it's just a dissuasion tactic, right? So, again, this is one of those things where we're thinking outside the box and thinking like a ninja and not thinking like a fighter, not hmm. thinking like, you know, a conventional warrior where everything is a damn battle. Everything has to go to uh, kill or be killed kind of thing, right? So uh, that's it. That was, the, that was the quick tip, right? Uh, put that key fob thing to use. Instead of, see, most people, they use that little panic button, that little red button thing, to turn off their car alarm if their hmm. car alarm goes off, hmm. right? That's the cool shit, and they, they turn it off, right? Um, but, you know, in the Danger Prevention Tactics video that we have, uh, that's still up and available on, on uh, YouTube, by the way, or not YouTube, um, Amazon, uh, hmm. one of the tactics that I teach in a parking lot, right, if, you know, you think somebody might be in your car, right? Uh, I teach a way to walk around the car and clear it just like a bodyguard would. And it doesn't take anything more than just approaching from a slightly different angle so that you have to walk around it. And I know it's it's too much work for a lot of people. It took them an extra three to five seconds. But, uh, <laughs> you know, something just doesn't seem to be right. You don't open the door and get in anyway or you don't. Yeah. Uh, and, see, I always keep my uh, my dome light on, right? A lot of people don't. My wife doesn't. It just drives me nuts. And I'm like, yeah, you know. Um <laughs> Uh, you, ever, you ever watch these uh, horror movies or thrillers or whatever where yeah. uh, somebody's waiting in the back seat? You uh-huh. always know somebody's in the back seat because when they open up the car door, the dome light doesn't come on, right? Because <laughs> the dome light came on, you can see the jack wagon in the back seat, right? Yeah. So mine's always on. But if I if I open my door and I, I crack that door and the light doesn't come on, I close the door and back off, and then I hit the the panic button on my on my car, or on my, you know, on my on my fob. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, same thing. Right. You can that way you can do it from a distance. You can clear your car. You see somebody lurking around the car or between your car and somebody else's. And they're not, they, whether they look like they're, you know, they're taking too long to get into the car. Right. Or they're hanging out around yours or sitting on it or whatever. It's amazing how fast people will move when you set off the alarm. Yeah. Okay? So, again, it gives you that one extra little thing to get them to make the decision to go somewhere else. If they don't, then you know you have a true problem. Okay? You don't have somebody that's going to be easily dissuaded. Okay? So, hmm. uh, and to me, this, this is the sign of a professional, right? Not somebody who just has skills. Because hmm. everybody has skills, right? It's how you apply them that makes you wise or enlightened or a professional or whatever. So, uh, hmm. <clears throat> anyway. Okay, answer that one. What else? So I know you had mentioned you're tracking a couple of violent kind of incidents, and I know you've talked about this before. Uh, was it Google? There was a Google feature that you've got kind of little, little bots out there kind of looking for keywords, things that you know. You sound like you're beating uh, on your lips. I do? That's you really sound like odd. you're talking like this. Uh, I swear. <laughs> and if you are, Our, that's a really cool skill. The phone's here. It must be. Yeah, no, Eric's underwater today. Um <laughs> But uh, <laughs> it, it, it must be these phones. Um, that's okay. I'm sorry. Uh, brother, I'm sorry. Uh, so but, for those you know, of you the, listening to the recording, there's nothing wrong with your device. Yeah. So, or maybe it's like the know, old Outer Limit TV show, right? It could be. <laughs> Please do not touch your dial. We are in control. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> okay. So, yes, yeah, Google Alerts. Yes, you can yeah, and, and how that can things. kind of uh, track some of these things for you. So, so what have what is it you've been tracking? Oh, let's see. I have some keywords in. I mean, uh, and I have a long list now because I track it for my for the consulting side of things. But because of the keywords that I use, often things just pop up 
uh, wasn't an employee involved. It was, uh, you know, a shooting in a town or city nearby or one that I'm tracking or whatever, right? And I'm not tracking tons of things, but um, I just saw that there was a school shooting in New Mexico. Did you see that mm. this past week? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just this past week. Uh, two, uh, two school workers were, uh, were shot before the gunman was put down. Um, and I use that term uh, specifically because that's what we do to wild animals, right? So mm-hmm. they get put down. So, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. So I use keywords for for my uh, workplace violence consulting side. Like uh, I'll just read down the list here: employee hostage, manager attacked, supervisor killed, employee raped, disgruntled former employee, employee mm-hmm. killed. Uh, employee beaten, disgruntled employee, those kind of things, right? I have, a, I have a whole slew of them. I have probably close to 20. Philadelphia shooting, Harrisburg shooting, those kind of things, right, um, that I track. Uh, shooter, just the keyword shooter. Uh, assault on employee, those kind of things, right? So uh, just in the past week, all right, just in the past week, let me see what I have here. Um, let's see. Uh, um, there is a... Um, uh, where is this town? Uh, ABC News uh, published this thing. Where is it? Sorry. Uh, it's a North Carolina county. Right? It's a county mm-hmm. in North Carolina that uh, is being held hostage, so to speak, right, by uh, cyber criminals that hack their public services. Okay? Wow. Uh, how is that workplace violence? Well, um, here's, a, here's a cool statistic for you, which I, I use to educate uh, companies. Uh, now, I don't do cybersecurity. I'm not a computer guy. I can point them in the right direction. But um, 50, 56% of uh, small businesses end up being hacked at some point. Hmm. I know we were twice, okay, yeah. twice, okay? Wow. And that was with heavy-duty security, right? So, uh, but 56% get hacked, okay? 70% of those 56, okay, 70% of that group, okay, are out of business within six months. Wow. Can you see how maybe there might be somebody in the lot as far as an employee who holds the employer accountable because they lost their job and now they can't support their family and that might Mm. cause a problem, right? So we have to look beyond surface value of things, right? Uh, Let's see. Oh, let's see. Uh, There were some paramedics that were violently attacked. Uh, uh, let's see. I'm looking all over the world as well here, but uh, in Milwaukee, uh, there's a guy attacked uh, with an axe. Um, looks like at a train station. Uh, how about that, huh? Yeah. Um, let's see. A dog warden was attacked. Um, that's just one. That's just one email, right? I, I get these different alerts, and that one had four stories in it. Um, Let's see. Let's try another one down here. Uh, DuPont Industrial Bioscience had an employee killed on Wednesday. Um, wow. I'd have to look up the details on that one. Uh, I mean, I get stuff from all over the world as well. So um, there was a – maybe that wasn't was – I don't know if that was in Egypt or not. Uh Oh, and yeah, that was in Kuwait. So we, you know, nobody here cares, right? That uh, yeah. a worker was brutally beaten by uh, somebody else, right? Uh, there was a teacher beaten uh, at a North Carolina elementary school. 
let's say, it was a city employee beaten somewhere else. Uh, there was a nurse assaulted. Uh, uh, as a matter of fact, that was in our town right here in Sunbury. Uh, a man assaulted three staff uh, members, a nurse, a doctor, and um, somebody else that was there, a technician or whatever, right? Uh, hmm. The nurse got punched in the face. Uh, the doctor got kicked in the nuts. And uh, somebody else was attacked and strangled, actually, right? They, they wow. choked and stuff before the guy um, was uh, – I think he ran off or whatever. But, uh Yeah. Yeah, uh, he was still there. As a matter of fact, I take that back. Uh, not, uh, let's see, punched, um, kicked another in the groin. Uh, oh, and the, the other person that was assaulted was a security guard. Mm. Uh, there was another one. Uh, where did I find this one? Just happened like a day or two ago. Uh, this, um, I think it was a nurse who was uh, stabbed. Oh, it was a uh, behavioral medicine uh, counselor mm. Mm. who was stabbed by mm. a patient, uh, was now patient kind of person was stabbed, um, and the uh, attacker was still stabbing the worker when the when the cops showed up. Right? Wow. We have a five to eight minute response time for police in this country, and they were still stabbing. Okay, so um, uh, there you go, right? Uh, but I've got a long list. I'm, I mean, I'm looking at things. I, I haven't. Um, been on to do anything uh, with my research in probably four or five days. So I am looking at, with the alerts I get from Google, and remember, each alert has anywhere between one and seven or eight news stories. So it just hmm. kind of highlights the first one, and then I open it up, and there's, you know, these things, right? So between, uh, today's hasn't come in yet. So between yesterday all the way back to the middle of last week, not this week, last week, I am looking at 36 emails. Wow. No, sorry, I missed a page. I'm looking at 51 emails. Oh, my goodness. Okay. And each of those has one to eight incidents based on the keyword that I typed in, and only a small percentage of those actually are not, uh, well, they're, they're all violence-related. I was going to say they're not work-related because of the keywords that I typed in, but every single one of them, and those were just based on criteria that I typed in, uh, you know, so like I said, Philadelphia shooting, Harrisburg shooting, those kind of things. Um, but if you did that for your area, right, um, I think you'd be pretty surprised at how yeah. often things happen because people typically only go by the news that they heard or what they heard people talking about at work or whatever. So there just aren't that many things that pop up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know. So these so, things really do happen with, you know, so much more frequency than people really uh, understand. And across occupations, across, you know, environments, you know, so just because you don't live in a bad neighborhood per se. Right. right? Uh, as a matter of fact, I was just talking to, um, and I don't know how, how big this company is because uh, I haven't done my full research yet, but I have a, a, a father of one of my youth students here at the school who uh, runs the – facility, the, the plant uh, for Dempsey, right? Do you know who Dempsey is? Uh, mm -mm. They, uh, they supply uniforms and linens uh, in oh, the commercial okay. market. So, yeah, sure. so they pick them up from the manufacturing plant or whatever because the guys soiled their stuff, and they take them, they drop off new stuff matching the same sizes, they go wash that stuff and bring it back. So these guys are like utility workers where their workplace changes every day, right? Several mm -hmm. times a day, right? 
And I was talking to him yesterday about, you know, what I do and, and all that. He's, oh, man, I, I should call you because we've already encountered these problems more often than I can count, and we need to do something about it. Because not that their employees are violent, but the employee ends up, you know, having to do a pickup or drop-off in bad neighborhoods, right, mm-hmm. at a company that's that's in a place like that, right? They often handle money, right? They, they, they get paid or they, they uh-huh. you know, the invoice uh, is paid. Um, to the driver, right? So they're right. like a UPS or a postal service or whatever, uh, you know, on CODs, right? Mm. So uh, they're handling money and all that, right? Uh, but they, they've already had a couple of instances where um, the uh, uh, the uh, employee has walked in on a major problem in the client business, right? And they got stuck in the middle of it, right? Wow. So... Uh, you know, again, you, you never know what, where, what form it's going to take, you know. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I always say that violence is a double-edged sword, right? From our perspective, we never know when it's going to happen, where it's going to happen, what shape it's going to take, how many attackers, whatever. So we have to have a broad spectrum of skills, right? Yeah. But from the attacker's perspective, very few of them, very few of them are somebody just snapping and deciding to go off. Very few, right? In more case, most cases, um, either there is a predisposition to violence and they're just looking for the right victim to come along, like the thugs standing on the corner in some inner city or whatever, right? Look at them crosswise and they're just, they're going to come after you, right? Um, or it gets worse than that where they've, they've, they've thought about it. They've planned it out and uh, they've been thinking about it for a long time. Not just that they want to attack you, or attack people like you, or attack your business, or whatever, but how they would do it, right? Hmm. What's the best way to go about doing it, right? Um, so, you know, I mean, everything from the church shooting in Texas and and the sniper in, in Vegas to much more small things. I mean, you know, unfortunately, in today's world, there's so much violence going on right now, um, and I, I just said this to somebody the other day while shaking my head, that it just seems like every day more and more people are finding more and more reasons to be offended so that they can yeah. justify attacking their fellow human beings. And so we're talking mm. about people that 10 years ago wouldn't have because, you know, they would have had the backing. Now there's all right. this social validation on social media that, yeah. you know, well, everybody's doing it. <laughs> you know, mm. uh, everything from let's punch a Nazi to whatever. And when it comes to that, I really wish they'd get the definitions of what a fascist is correct, because if they're going to punch somebody because they're not getting their way, um, that's a fascist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do it my way or else. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, but uh, yeah, I've, so I've got this long slew of things. And, um, well, so, and you know, with companies uh, as well, you know, it, 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 as you mentioned this example with this London company, you know, from, from the company standpoint too, you know, how, how are they protecting themselves from the potential liability of not providing uh, a absolutely. safe work environment? So it's, it's, it's a absolutely. big liability for companies these days as well. And the courts have already ruled that, uh, you know, customer, uh, businesses have a responsibility to keep their employees safe. But now, that being said, the problem with a company like Dempsey, and it's not the problem with the company, that the challenge that they have, just like UPS and all that, is that they have some workers who work within the confines of a company-owned building. So, therefore, yeah. 
that's an easier security issue, right? You just, you know, you, you control access and, you know, things like that, right? So that's easier, right? But then they have a whole other side of their workforce that is out on the road. That's, yeah. Their workplace changes every couple of minutes, every, you know, all day long, every day, right? Um, multiple times a week, right? Utility workers, disconnect, you know, disconnect linemen, uh, cable company, same thing, phone company. They come to disconnect, you know, the phone or the cable or whatever because um, somebody didn't pay the bill, right? And they didn't make alternate arrangements or whatever, right? Um, these people are – check this one out, right? This happens more often than you would ever believe, right? Hmm. Guys there to disconnect the electric and somebody from the second or third story window who's having it disconnected, right? Who, yeah. Well, not, not intentionally, right? Yeah. Dumps a bucket of scalding hot water down on the lineman. Ooh. Right? Now, not only does the person getting hit with this, you know, scalding water, not only are they going to get burned, but they're dealing with 220, 440, whatever the main juice going into that junction is uh, yeah. before the step down inside the house, right? So, um, yeah. Uh, so that's why these people are being charged with attempted murder or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. whether they thought about it or, or, you know, aggravated assault or, or, you know, that kind of thing. But this is the mm. kind of thing that, that go on all the time. Uh, and, and for some companies, this is a regular occurrence. So wow. uh, my, my job, uh, you know, my job when somebody comes into the dojo, they're looking for self-defense, but, you know, my job is to clarify what it is that scares them today, right? So yeah. I'm, I'm running this four-week women's self-defense course, right? So the very first class, the very first question was, great, you're here, but what kind of attacks are you most worried about right now? Because if we don't deal with those, then you're no better off than you were before you came in. You learn some cool moves, right? But that's not going to handle what's scaring you at the moment. That's yeah. part of my job. The other part of my job is to expand their awareness as to what other things, uh, what other methodologies attackers tend to use. Right. So I'm not here to scare them, but I am here to open their eyes so that, you know, that they're not walking around. There was a movie, a Stanley Kubrick movie a bunch of years ago, which I think uh, epitomizes the, the average person who is in denial and won't get self-defense training. Right. The name of the movie was Eyes Wide Shut. Mm. Right. <laughs> so yep. they, they are in denial on purpose. But right. yeah, anyway, so. Um, but this Google Alert thing is a really great feature that you don't have to surf around the Internet wasting all this time. You and I talked about falling down these, these Internet rabbit holes and having yeah. your time sucked away. But, you know, in the general awareness realm, because of our eight phases, number one is general awareness, right? Not just knowing that danger exists, but what form could it take? What are uh, criminals around your area using? What's the most typical kind of attacks? Or just finding out, just learning about attacks, and because the news will spell out how it happened, right? And then you could do a little bit more research about the story and discover more about it to understand how it transpires. But the more you can learn about how attacks occur and how attacks are occurring today, the more you can bring your training in line with what you're going to need to survive those kind of things, right? Because otherwise you're in the dojo, somebody's throwing a punch, you're doing X, Y, Z, and you take them down, and they're grabbing you a certain way, and you do X, Y, Z, grappling technique and it all works out perfectly well right 
um, even for the the MMA guys, right? You know, they're, they're they're mixing it up and all that kind of stuff, right? But they're not training against somebody coming up and stabbing them in the kidney from behind, right? They're not, you know, training against the uh, the guy that shoots them from the street corner or the you know whatever, right? It's just they're yeah. not, not not worrying about those things. So um, we need to bring we need to make sure that our training, while all training is good, any training is better than no training at all, right? But we need to make sure that it's in line with the problem that we're trying to solve, okay? And that's the problem is not I'm being attacked, so I need to defend myself. That's ultra vague. The problem is what form is the attack taking in the environment that you're in with or without whatever weapons you have, wearing whatever clothes you're wearing, with whatever weapons he has or doesn't have, how many of them there are. That's, that's a very specific dynamic. Right. So, and while things are, there's way too many variables to cover everything. You can work on principles and concepts and, and learn what you need to learn about just distancing and timing and angling and, you know, and not just learn the moves. Right. Cause if he has a knife and you take up a Sagon because you were taught that it's really difficult to beat a Sagon. Uh, yeah. If he's throwing a punch, but he has, has a knife and you've got your arm out there in Sagon or Ichimonji or Doko too easy for him to reach out and just cut your the arteries in the inside of your arm. Right? right. So then what? Now you're Spider-Man. Well, for a couple mm. of seconds anyway. Right? So anyway, did we have any other questions that, come in, that, that came in this time? I didn't see any come in on uh, the website, uh, but we can open it up uh, and see if there's any others. But uh, nope, no questions. Is anyone on? All right. I'm going to run over onto Facebook quickly just to look at the uh, Kuden page. I don't know if you checked mm-hmm. that or not, but uh, yeah, did? I did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, screw them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, so I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to need to go because I have classes starting here in uh, less than 30 minutes. So. Yep, uh, we're cool. up on time. So. Okay. We are. We are. Excellent. So, uh, all right, so we'll talk to everybody again uh, next time, right? Yes, next time on yes. Kudan. Thank you, everybody, we for will. joining us. Thank you for listening to Kuden, the podcast for self-defense and martial arts news, interviews, techniques, and history. For more information on upcoming martial arts seminars, camps, and classes with Sheehan Miller, or to submit a question or discussion topic to the show, call 570-884-1118 or visit warrior-concepts-online.com.